fanficmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. With hosts, Christiana Ellis, Chute Schubert, Vivid Muse, and Nookchus. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to this panel, which is Beyond the Wall. It is a Game of Thrones podcast that has been running since the very beginning of the show. Um, I'm Christiana Ellis. I am on the podcast. Vivid Muse, also on the podcast. Hi. I'm also on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, although um, our other podcast co-hosts were not able to make it this year, but we have substituting our good friends, Billy Flynn and Terry the Flutrist. And Tim Jay! No, has never watched any. <laughs> Don't worry, she hasn't watched a thing. Just, just the cartoon, the Saturday morning cartoon. You know. All right. So, uh, my guess, let me know if I'm off base here, is that people have opinions <laughs> about the show. Meh. Just him. <laughs> you know, so I think, I think we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about all sorts of things. But I think that given that there's been so much time to have the discourse about the finale, I mean, after all, a whole week, it's old news now. But uh, I think what we really wanted to try to uh, focus on for this panel is actually looking back at the show as a total story Mm -hmm. and not just focus on the last season. Does not mean that we can't talk about the last season, but... If uh, if we ever get a little too in the weeds, <laughs> the shame bell, the shame bell comes out, and we'll just gently yeah. redirect back to the, the right. Over our yeah. Story. So again, obviously, the ending of a story is an important part of the story. We don't have to leave that out, but we want to try to talk about the overall arc of the show. So uh, to begin, um, how about we uh, start with the you, Billy? What what? What are your initial thoughts when, when I say to you, Game of Thrones, right. the whole arc of it? Right. I'm Carl Kahn. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm very happy with how it's, you know, the overall ride, it's well worth the ride, it's well worth the investment all the way through. Uh, you know, like anything, you're going to have some qualms or some things that go the way you thought or some, you know, some, there are some uh, unanswered questions. That I don't know if that was a stylistic choice, what they did, but no, overall, I, I think it's a damn fine ride. And, you know, we're lucky to live in a world where we actually got, you know, Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones adapted well in a medium. Come on. We're living in a good age. It's a good time to be geek. How about you, Viv? What's, what are your broad, overarching thoughts? So the series as a whole freaking rocked. Yep. I loved Woo! it. There were some <laughs> low points, but overall, I think they did a beautiful job adapting it. I really do. And I was, I've been hard to please on this whole thing. I really, I've been a little anxious about it, but yes, it's awesome. I'm in the middle of a rewatch. So during the last season, I was thinking, God, I feel like I'm missing details here and there, right? I'm, I'm going through and I'm reading the, the wiki of Fire and Ice and I'm rewatching the episodes because I'm like, all these little throwaway lines are referencing back to so many different things. So I'm in the middle of about season three and it has changed so much from the beginning. All the characters look like babies, even the literal babies, yeah. but even the adults like age so much. Yeah, it's been eight years. It's been a long yeah. time. It's been a long so time. it's been a long <laughs> several wars and um 
And I think that what I most appreciate about the show or what uh, when people ask me, you know, should I watch it or should I read the books, that it's going to give you something unexpected. It's going to give you fantasy because you'll get your dragons and your, mm-hmm. your you know, warring houses and kings and, and, magic. and well, thrones magic. and mag- a little bit of magic yeah. here and there. Um, but it will also not give you what you expected. Don't fall in love with any of your favorite characters. Yeah. Don't, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, expect that you know how the plot is going to go. Don't expect it to go the way you want it to go. Mm-hmm. And just buckle in because it's going to be a, a crazy ride. You know, so that that's an excellent point because I think especially when the show started and especially once we got to the end of that first season with that first big death that surprised everybody who hadn't read the books. <laughs> uh, the show kind of became known for this idea of subverting the classic fantasy tropes and, you know, you, you can't be sure that any given character is mm-hmm. going to survive. Uh, given that that became the show's reputation overall, do you think that the entire story as a total has has kind of lived up to that, or or did it kind of start strong? And well, you know, as as one of the people that had read the books and was sitting there going, "How the hell are they going to make a show out of this?" Some yeah. of these books, down oh, it's crazy. <laughs> um, no, I, I loved I loved these ideas of, of these big things that were going to happen that people didn't know. Obviously, Red Wedding, but we'll get there. Yeah. But these, these beautiful moments, so when they could surprise me, I, I was very, very pleased. When things happened, I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to give you that. And, and not just, you know, when we got to uh, the first time they did something that wasn't in a book, which totally floored us, and we were like, oh, wow. But no, the little, little changes here and there, I thought, went natural to the overall... You, you can't make, the only person that can actually make a book, a movie out of a book and have it be absolutely correct is Rosemary's Baby and Iron Eleven. No one else can actually adapt a book completely. Those so, are really specific examples. Very specific. It's the, only, it's the only movie that is exactly like the book. Everything, every other movie from the book has changed in some way, shape, or form. And I didn't think that anything really in this didn't work. It seemed natural. It seemed like if someone was... It's a story for the ages. And anytime you tell the story for the ages, things change a little. So I had no problems with some of the little changes here and there. Mm-hmm. Because it still seemed to tell the overall story and fit what was happening. Well, do you think that it, it kept up with the tradition or the, the reputation that it earned of subverting, subverting. the class of trucks? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, good lord. We had a woman as a knight. So, yeah. Yeah, I did. We had... We had we had strong female characters that did things that they were never even allowed to discuss in some of your more classic things. And yeah, I think a lot of people got to see, oh, even like Podrick, you know, some people that never had a chance to shine. And this show had moments where they got to be heroic and shine. And it wasn't a Rudy kind of moment. It was very natural and organic. And, and you know, it, it was like, yeah, you got you in the fields. So yeah, well... I think you did a good job, even for those of us that knew. What was happening? I think it did a good job of going. Yeah, we're just going to mess with you the whole way through, especially with having penultimate episodes be far more, far more action packed than your season finales. That was so weird. That was so undone in any kind of show. Sorry about that. I would disagree and say that they started out strong with that, and then that faded off towards the end. Because let's talk about the battle at um, Winterfell, the long night battle against the Night King, right? And everybody there 
should have died. Brienne should have died. Jamie should yeah. have died. Potter should have died. Mm-hmm. And it's so then it started to get to the point where they had main character armor on. And it, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, is is opposite. It was it was cool to see Arya take the role that she did when maybe everybody thought that we were going to get to see this epic battle between John and the Night King. Yeah. And it was cool to see that flip. So it's in that way, Game of Thrones was true. And one second, and then. Um, but at the same time, you know, those shows that they do it where it's like they really should not have survived that. They were overwhelmed. It, just, it was ridiculous yeah. to a certain extent. I think that they were really good at subverting the tropes until season eight. Mm-hmm. I feel like they, I think we can all agree that they may have rushed things a little bit. Maybe they shouldn't have done 13 episodes instead of two. Maybe. But, I mean, come on. But I feel like in their rush to get to those ending story points and, and like where they saw it ending, I feel like the last, especially, um, I guess, episodes four and five were just like, yes, armor for the for the heroes. But I feel like they kind of came back around to subverting again by the eighth epi- by the last episode. I think they did a couple of surprising things. They did some some things that were a little misogynistic kind of tropes that they were following. Those are hard to break when you're dealing with, you know, mass media like that because a lot of people expect it. But I, I think over the entire series, I think they did. I think they I think they clearly surprised a lot of people. I mean, we were pretty much everyone was outraged at one point or another. How could they have done that to, let's say, oh, I don't know, Brienne, you know, or something like that. But um, generally, I think they did okay. Yeah, I I think that uh, in some respects, it became a little bit of a victim of its own success. Once a show becomes Mm. known for the big surprises and the twists and the main characters who die and subverting tropes. That's the point where everyone starts trying to guess what it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally yeah. Vegas odds on who's going to die yeah, every episode. Right. Yeah. And the problem. The Shyamalan effect. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> and and the problem, of course, is although we've all been there, it's always a temptation to try to predict what you think is going to happen in the story you're you're watching. It's almost always a self-destructive attempt because. The more specific your expectations are, the more you are guaranteeing that it won't match your expectations, and then you'll be mad, where if you could just let the story come to you, maybe you'd be less mad. Just like any relationship. (laughs) Just don't have any expectations. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, So I I was just going to say, and if you're right, then you would feel kind of let down that they haven't done something new. Yeah, yeah it, that's it, true. I think it, I think a lot of people ended up inadvertently in a mindset where if the show didn't match what they had predicted it to be, they'll feel like, well, the show didn't do what it should have done, and so I'm disappointed. But the flip side would be if it matched your prediction perfectly, you'd say it was predictable. Yeah, that's right. true. So, now, obviously, every show has to, you know bear its own weight and tell, tell its own story. And I and I don't think anyone in this room, I would be, just, is there, just out of curiosity, anyone in this room who thinks there was nothing wrong at all with the whole show, that it was perfect from start to finish? <laughs> no? Didn't, uh, <laughs> I well, think it all started to go downhill when they ran out of the books. Well, yeah. No well, it certainly changed the time. Martin was pulling back so he doesn't destroy his real book endings <laughs> that are coming. <laughs> yeah. These guys are like Independence Day. Kill the Queen, everybody dies. 
well, let's do the same thing again with the queen. Just stab her and it's over. So Joffrey will just self-explode, I guess, somewhere. And they won't even have these, these guys running around crazy in the continent now killing everybody. Yeah. And then, yeah. Well, I, I don't... And the, and, the, and the decisions they made, we waited two years to see night scenes that you barely follow yes. anything. That was, yeah. I mean... I have, I have a... The thing? night is dark and, and full of like, terrors. Right, yeah. Hang on, hang on. All right. You got... I, 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 okay. You've made a lot of excellent points, and I think probably many people in the room agree with most of them, but let's also have this be a conversation. Okay. Enough. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I was going to say that I agree. I was pissed as, as pissed as everybody else when um, the Battle of Winterfell was so dark. Has anybody watched the lightened version of it? There were some people yeah. that lightened it yeah. so you could watch it. So, like, this, the one that I saw was light, it was from, like, essentially when they were, like, uh, when, you know, uh, it was when the Dothraki ran, uh, went forward. Oh, ooh, the hell came up with that? When the Dothraki went out and we couldn't see them anymore, everything was lightened. So the thing that most, that I think made the most sense for them to do that was if you see the lightened episode, nobody should have survived. Grey Worm, Brienne, everybody should have died because when you watch the lightened version, you see exactly, like, the swarm that hits them and just mows over them. So I think having it that dark left us to have our imaginations without ruining. That's totally unbelievable because I can see what they face and it's just not realistic. I don't care how good Brienne is. She was swarmed over and pushed back. So, you know, some of the choices they made were very artistic and, and stylistic, but I think in that case it had the ability to, we didn't know exactly what was going on. Builds the suspense. It's kind of what you want, like a horror movie. Exactly, and yeah. and haven't didn't wasn't there something that was saying that they told that episode in in three arcs, and it was part horror, part like battle scene, and then part something else. I don't even remember. I should have read it, but yeah, but they they were definitely going for that horror element for well, sure. Yeah, and I I think one one interesting technical detail about that that some have speculated on is that uh, the the sort of professional equipment that uh, people making the show work on when they're working on it tends to be these very high quality displays that have a much uh, more dramatic uh, rate contrast range and uh, some people have theorized that it looks better on that kind of display and so maybe they didn't Fully taken to it. I'm not saying yeah. that explains everything. Clearly, they made stylistic choices that, no matter what their justification would have been, a lot of people felt like it was too dark, and you, you can't really. In that lightened version you're talking about, the scene with dragons up in the clouds, mm -hmm. that is a beautiful shot. It really but it is. looks like a painting. It does. It doesn't look real. Yeah. And I know I'm in the minority on this, but that's what that battle would have looked like if you were there fighting that battle. Yeah, and I yes. felt that was a lot more immersive yeah. than being able to get the, hey, this is cool kind yeah. of shots. Right. I, right. Think, I think in a lot of respects, you know, many things that about the last couple of seasons that people have found fault in, and I'm, I'm one of them, uh, is often it's less a matter of concept and more a matter of execution in many cases. So the idea of having the battle be dark and scary doesn't automatically sound like a bad idea, but 
how is it executed. But uh, again, to, you know. Closer it, to the castle, we could have had some better lighting. Sure, sure, sure. sure, sure. So um, we'll definitely come back more to, because I think a lot of people's instincts are we want to talk about the like most the, those most recent things because yeah. it's so fresh. But let's, let's look back again too, and let's say what is, what's your favorite moment from the show from season one or two mm. as a challenge? Mm. Favorite what? Favorite moment from <laughs> okay. either season one or two of the show. I loved when Sirio fights off the knights mm -hmm. to let Arya get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's a goosebumps classic for me. moment. <laughs> well, and resonates all the way throughout. You know, the final season. You know, what do you say to the God of Death? Not today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. End of season one, one. Yeah. yeah. That was that was intense. That sets up yeah. the whole thing right there. Tyrion slapping Joffrey. Yeah. <laughs> Joffrey in the cow pie. Yeah. Into so, the cow pies. Uh, episode two and the the uh, there was a video going around recently that took one second of video yeah. from each episode. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's the second they took yeah. from yeah. that episode. <laughs> Uh, what, what about you, Billy? I mean, I, uh, that was that was a good one. I did like that. And I did love I did love him fighting them off with not even a real sword. That's, that's a beautiful moment. But um, I think that what is it? What is it really that really got me? Well, you know what? I know it's stupid and it's simple and it's easy. But but when you kill off, when you kill off, you know, Sean Bean again, people don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But when, when, but when they, honest to God, did that, that, in, that entire episode was just so good because that to me felt so much like the book. It was one of the best translations of the book yeah. overall. And, and there was not a whole lot of things that was different about that. And that was the moment where I was like, oh my God, they're actually going to get this right. And when they killed him at the end, I was like, yes! Which is a weird thing to do. When you say, oh, I give you that. Right. I give you that. But it's like how at the end of, the, of, of Infinity War, I, I was clapping because, oh my God, they did it right. And everyone yeah. else is crying. But I and they were true. To, and they stayed true to the book. They didn't subvert that trope. They didn't give us no. the Hollywood, well, he escaped through and he's going to the wall. No. no he was no dies. Ooh, he dies in the book. So this is what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. You have a favorite a moment from season one? Gosh. Um, Cal Drogo has always been one of my favorite characters. Mm -hmm. So even though just to see his evolution mm -hmm. in the first, yeah. uh, he was only around for right. the first yeah. couple of seasons. So every moment that he was on screen, I think it was underrated. His performance was underrated. And mm -hmm. all of the, the Dothraki scenes with the golden crown. Yeah, I think some of the, everything that everybody else has mentioned. But then, yeah, it was nice to kind of see a different side mm -hmm. of that universe. I was kind of thinking of a quieter moment. And it's the moment where... Uh, I believe, so it's when Arya has been hustled away from King's Landing by, I think, Yorin. Yorin. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's the one that kind of uh, suggests, like, the list. Right. Yeah. Oh, and that's where yeah. she, she starts doing the list, her list. Uh, and so, I think, anyone else have favorites from those early seasons? Uh, Tyrion pissed him off the edge of the wall. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was glorious. Said he wanted to do, he's a man of his word. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just on a personal note, I have a son who's been like short for his entire life, so know you are wearing like armor. Oh my God, like, he's not watching because he's old enough, and mm -hmm. that moment like really resonated with him. Like there's there's actually some life lessons that got taught mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. show. Not it's not all you know 
Yeah. It's not all boobs and gore. <laughs> boobs and dragons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Boobs and well, blood and, and dragons. You know, on, on that note, the uh, I think the, the term that is kind of come into common parlance now with prestige television is sex position. <laughs> certainly coined when it comes to Game of Thrones. It's like, well, we got a lot of world building detail, we got a dump, so let's uh, just put some boobs on the screen, people won't care. <laughs> I didn't give mine yet. I'm going to throw mine in real quick. Oh, oh. It was. John giving needle to oh, Arya. Yeah. 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 Him with the pointy end. I know that that's like a, you know, standard kind of response, but it carries through it yeah. the whole series, and it was one of the best payoffs I think that we saw. Was yeah. it's not just she likes it and she's kind of good with arrows, but like John sees it and it pays off their their bond and what he saw in her throughout the whole series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry. See with Tyrion and John Snow. Where Tyrion shows they have more in common than they think by saying all the world's in baskets in Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, I think uh, we, we could just go through all of, you know, the, there's the big highlights, but in looking back, uh, there's been a lot of episodes in this show where what impresses is the subtlety and the nuance of the conversations and the implications, and not necessarily the big action scenes, though those are great. We could talk about those too. But uh, does anyone have a favorite uh, quiet moment? From one and two? Well, any, from any season. Any season. Yeah. Uh, I very much uh, enjoyed how, when the budget was smaller at the beginning of the show, most of the action took place off screen, and you had people quietly <coughs> reacting after the fact. To what had happened. Yeah, that's something that we miss late in later seasons for sure that I really missed. Yeah, those little intimate setup moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, in the back? My favorite quiet moment was the trial of Littlefinger at the end. He thinks he's got it all set up. Yeah. He's smirking and he mm -hmm. thinks everything's great. And then it turned around on him and she nails him every yeah. single time with everything he does. Yeah. Thank you for your well, lesson. <laughs> yes. I like the uh, the scene with Tywin in the small council chamber that they kind of called back to mm. in the in the last episode. With, oh yeah, with Tyrion with arranging the chairs. The chairs. Yeah, like, you know, when Tyrion drags the chair. <laughs> right. yeah. That was just that was a classic quiet moment that just conveyed so much. Yeah. The scene between uh, Davros and uh, Brathalon's daughter with grayscale. I'm sorry, I don't remember that. Shireen. 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 Too soon. I know. I know. <laughs> Teaching him yeah, lovely. Yeah. Julie? Um, my, one of my favorites is when, at the wall, Maester Aemon is telling them that, yes, he's a Targaryen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they call back that to that one at the end, yeah. too. The love is the death of duty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 See, mine is Master Aemon's final words, talking to Aegon. <sighs> no, oh, I, I beg. I, I dreamed I was a child. Oh. That, that's a beautiful little moment. Uh, know, he he had a lot of his scenes were favorites for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, wonderful actor. He's yes. that guy that shows up and be like, ooh, something good's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Whatever. Something good's it is. gonna happen. 
Just, yeah, I mean, Tyrion all the time. I remember right. back in seasons one and two when he's attempting to figure out, like, who he can trust. And he tells Pycelle that he's sending Marcella to Dorne. And he says to tell something else to Littlefinger and something else to Varys to see, like, who he can trust. Mm-hmm. And it just, uh, it was like, it set it up right then that he wasn't just a reader and he wasn't just an observer, but he could really play the game. Yeah. I think for a quiet moment, this is a little different than what everybody else is saying, but it's the one that keeps coming to mind. It's in um, the last the last episode, I guess. Um, and it's to me, it's like a movie poster. It's a graphic novel. It's all of the things. It's the scene where John is walking up the stairs and and Danny comes out and the dragon wings are spread behind her. And I, I feel like that shuts down a lot of the... But she's she's good. She's the hero. No, she's the mm-mm dragon. Okay, let's not be confused about this. If you don't know how she got there, she is a dragon. How many seconds did it take you to realize, oh, she's not actually turning into a dragon? <laughs> <laughs> so beautifully shot. It was like freeze. Oh, okay. but that was still really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. A favorite quiet moment of mine, well, it's not just quiet, but um, back when Joffrey was king and... He keeps coming into the council and he's like, well, I'm the king, I'm the king. And I think it's Tyrion is like, or it's either Tyrion or Tywin who says, the king doesn't have to say this. You say mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think, right. Yeah. And I think that's a life lesson of like with so many things, like with just confidence in general, it's like, mm, you don't have to say it if you actually had it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he sent him to bed. (laughs) So uh, I think probably it would be very easy for everyone to think of something that was different from the books or after the books ran out that you didn't like. I think everybody's got some of that. But does anyone have examples of something that was different from the books that you really liked and you think was a great change? Well, I like the fact that they didn't use um, Jenna... One, the one of the women who, they were trying to make her a fake Sansa. Oh, Jenny Poole, instead, yeah. Jenny Poole. Mm-hmm. Instead, they had the real Sansa. And I they think are, that just yeah. eliminated a whole lot of unnecessary mucking around yeah, in the plot right. to achieve the same end. I think in a lot of ways, the screenplays were tighter than the books were in mm-hmm. terms of storyline, eliminating unnecessary mm-hmm. characters and unnecessary divergence. But... The one thing I am upset about is that they totally dropped the whole Caitlin after the death. Mm. Lady Stoneheart. I think we would have needed at least, what, half a season if we had gone to Lady Stoneheart. Right. Well, what's also uh, difficult to know, because we haven't seen the payoff of that storyline in the books yet, is we don't know where that was Mm -hmm. going. Yeah. So it's it's hard to know how that might have impacted the story. Yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that they tightened up the entire Estros... Was it two and a half books? Into like maybe one season? (laughs) (laughs) The mirror needs not. One one thought I had was the uh, there's a scene in season one that we never see in the books, which is Cersei and Robert talking about how like could it have ever actually worked Mm. between us? Like, just having sort of a moment of getting real with one another, separate from all of their squabbling, but just kind of both a little melancholy that, like, could have been good, right? Maybe, but too bad it's not. Oh, well. (laughs) Too bad you're you and I'm me. Uh, Tywin having the sword reforged. Having ice reforged. 
that not happen in the books? Yeah, no, you might be right. right. No, that's 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 not in the book. That's not in the book. It is. He, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, is it? Is? Yeah. Well, maybe we don't have a scene of it. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's I think what it's just I think we that hear about it offsite rather than right. where the Tywin takes it and he takes the that's my swords. Swords. Right. he takes the when he takes ice out of the thing and then he takes the wolf oh, pelt that was the right. thing and he throws oh, it on the back. That yes. was my quiet moment, which is oh I would during my rewatch. Yeah. Which so it was like taking the Stark and putting it on the fire. Yeah. It's a very strong. Well they got the last laugh. If it was there, I didn't well. remember because I was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> when you first started to ask the question, you said something that happened either different from the book or after the yeah, book. Yeah, that's, that's and right. for me, honestly, one of the better moments, one of the craziest, oh my God moments was when the Night King shot the dragon and then <laughs> resurrected him out of the ice and then yeah. rode him and then oh tore the wall in half. That, yeah. I was like, that is brilliant. That is perfect. And I did not see that coming. <laughs> right. So that was certainly one of those like after I what we have. Yeah. When we watch shows... When I, when I think I know something's going to happen, I write it down because I don't want to spoil in case I'm right. <laughs> and so I was like, after I was like, here you go. And it says, you know that dragon's coming back. It's going to tear up that wall. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't see it coming, but Billy Flynn did. <laughs> as soon as the night key, as soon as the night key looked, as soon as he reached, as soon as he reached, I was like, oh my God, he's going to kill the dragon. The dragon's dead. He's going to raise it back up. That's going to tear it on the wall. Oh my God. Right away. Mm. Right away. Did you have one, Ben? I agree with everybody. I, I, I'm, I'm so in that moment right now, I can't think of anything else. Yeah, the other one that uh, occurred to me was uh, Arya being Tywin's cupbearer. Yes. Her oh, yeah. For a yeah. While. yeah, that's dynamic. Yeah, it was great seeing those two together. One thing they didn't do was to pursue the line of them being dwarves that Bran could see through Summer's eyes, John could see through Ghost's eyes, and Arya see through Cat's eyes in the books. But they don't really, and they almost do that in in the series where they have the war who's got the eagle. Right, oral. But they don't really pursue that. And then they forget all about it completely at the end of the show. Sorry. All right. So uh, what about dropped threads. Obviously there are lots and we're not necessarily talking about something happening differently than you wanted, but what was what was the pet peeve loose end that you just like I can't believe that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I was really wanting um some sort of a, a, an explanation, termination, whatever, for, for Bran's story as the Three-Eyed Raven. I want to know the purpose of that. I want to know what he was doing all wide-eyed for all that time before the Night King stood in front of him. Mm-hmm. I and think we I didn't know. get anything on that. I think he was watching the battle because that's that was his job, is to yeah. watch and record history by witnessing it. So I think, mm-hmm. since they didn't do anything else with it, I was like you. I was like, ooh, the Ravens, what are they going to do? But... I, I, in hindsight, I think he was literally just, so you know, recording what happened. memory for all Westerns. Yeah, although, I, so I don't subscribe to this particular theory, but I was amused by it when I came across it. Uh, it was really presented as kind of a joke, but it was just suggesting that uh, the eldritch horror manipulated the small, limited minds of puny mortals to finally achieve real power in Westeros, now comes the thousand years of darkness. Yeah. And just this idea that like the three-eyed raven, is he actually really human? And is it all like some sinister plan? I don't think it is. I, I don't think that's the intent, but uh, it's, it's kind of interesting to think about. 
I know. You, Dario Naharis. Where did he go? Where, is Where did he go? Right? And that bothered me so much. Drop they brought back everybody. Down. Right? They brought back everybody. Robin, which, hello, what a glow up on uh, Robin. Right? Woo! Hello. And they brought back tall. I mean, they brought back everybody. Where did Dario Norris go? Drove me crazy. You know, there's a meme of him sitting on some steps somewhere going, I hope Danny's battle is going well. Right? Where oh, did he go? It's counterpoint. Good riddance. <laughs> I, I, I didn't like that. I, I liked the. Well, and he should have had blue hair. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't so much a dropped thread as then they just didn't have time to show it. Mm-hmm. But I would have been curious to see how Yara reclaimed the Iron Islands. I think that could have been really interesting. Yeah. But, uh, you know, obviously that plot thread really suffered as a result of their need to have the fleets be magic and do yeah. whatever the plot requires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Several times I kept saying, "Are we are we ever going to see what's happening at all the places Daenerys freed?" Right, right. Karth and you know, everywhere else. I, w- I wanted to see that without her there, you know, that people are just people, and it all becomes this horrible, ugly thing like it normally does. Yeah. But yeah, we just mm-hmm. nothing, nothing well, ever did. Yeah, that, I I agree with that because it it puts a lot of necessary context on. Uh, the decisions being made about her by, you know, John. I mean, she and doesn't even say I've been getting ravens to find out. Nothing. Right. Well, and, and so I think that, you know, some context about what happens after she left, even if it's just hearing about it, like mm-hmm. someone gets a message to say, oh, well, looks like, you know, you kind of fallen again or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that could have helped for the people that didn't like her story arc where she's like, well, it won't happen this time kind of thing. But nothing. <laughs> What happened to the followers of the God of Light and the supposed to be other priestesses? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. the other red people. Yeah, they so. found the light. I feel. I mean, I think all of the priests and priestesses that we knew about in Westeros died. There was Thoros mm-hmm. and there was uh, Melisandre, but I mean, we didn't really see any others. It, it was wasn't Essos. Implication that there more. Right. There's an implication that there's in Essos. Yeah, I feel like Essos. That is all still going down. But I agree with you. The whole okay, we don't need him anymore, so we're not going to mention him again. We're yeah. going to talk about him again. He was a huge part of everything for so long. Right. And then, and it's one of my pet peeves about the way they ended the series is that there's so much extra work and guessing that we have to do and speculation that we have to do I I think like obviously a lot of this is just the necessary when you have a story that that is this complex at a certain point you do have to just start clearing the things off the table if they're not really going to tie back into the main plot Um, but that's not to say we don't have some of them where we're really just like but but does anyone feel like they just really had to rush because they limited themselves to six episodes? Yep. Those contract yeah. extensions would have cost so much. But yeah. Yes. My only the only complaint for the last okay. season I really agree with is that yes, it, it did feel a little rushed because they could not give us a breathing room. Right. I I mean in some respects I I, I, I agree. I, and I think I think that's kind of a lot of the general consensus is that many of the problems seemed to come about as a result of being rushed. And I think, in especially in hindsight with the finale, we can see that they had an ending in mind and they were really trying to work backwards yeah. to it for the last couple of seasons. But because it was so shortened, sometimes they really had to force it in a pretty rough way. Yeah. I think a big drop was the sort of life that they kept talking about, which mm. was required to beat the Night King. And then it's like, 
<laughs> we don't need it, but I kept thinking Dan yeah. Daenerys would well, be sacrificed to make the sword. Well. Because it's supposed to be in the book, the great love is sacrificed to forge the sword so that they can defeat the Night King. And that would have been a more satisfactory ending, right? Yeah, so did you want to... I read an interesting article. I felt the same way. I read an, an interesting article that was saying that basically uh, John was the key, the prince that was promised, and he forged the sword when he stabbed Danny in the chest. Like they they led up to this. This was handled here. This was handled here. This was handled here. And it wasn't to defeat the darkness of the Night King's army. It was to defeat the darkness that Danny would bring. Mm -hmm. Well. Uh, I, I know, I know. We're yeah, speculating so, and reaching again. <laughs> I have to say that personally, just based on my own biases and preferences, I enjoy having prophecies turn out to be BS. Yes. <laughs> she really does. Uh, yes. She does. I, I like that. And so I was I was happy to have the whole thing. So the Lord of Light is so you know an entity with real power, obviously, who gives is fine with giving people false visions and false prophecies to make them do whatever mm, it yeah. wants them to do in any given moment. Yeah. And that's that was my interpretation. Right. And I kind of dig that, but obviously everyone has their different, you know, preferences. Not it's not gonna work for everybody. Right, like Stannis Baratheon looked into light and saw exactly. something and well Yeah. Had a couple of hands in the back. But I think the other thing is that we misinterpret prophecies. Mm -hmm. she, she felt that she misinterpreted. Yeah. Yeah. He showed her a prophecy and mm -hmm. he mis she mistook who yeah. the prince was. Yeah. Because she didn't even know John at the time really. That's mm -hmm. She only found out later. It's like, oops, I made a mistake. Yeah. I saw this or he lied. It wasn't the right guy. Or the law lied. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It could be that the Lord of Light said, "Okay, follow Stannis because that's what will get you to interact yes. with John, yeah. where we can switch your allegiance, mm. and then you'll follow John long enough to get to this point, and then you can give Arya remember that line I told you three years ago." Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, one of the things about the uh, the Lord of Light, he uses humans like we use Kleenexes. Yeah. yeah. Truly. Um, I thought it was interesting that um, if we think about the various different religions in the story, uh, there are a couple that are shown to have some level of real power and others where it's really left completely sort of ambiguous. Like the Lord of Light, obviously, whether we want to say, is there actually an entity with a will or is it people misinterpreting sorcery that's inherent to something else yeah. could be but there's clearly real power there people are brought back from the dead people see visions that turn out to actually have some degree of truth um, likewise the the three-eyed graven is evidence that stuff with the old one mm -hmm. you know the old gods is at least so there's something to it at yeah. least but we also have the seven that lots of people pray to and yet we don't really ever see any supernatural mm -mm. Evidence of direct prayer. intervention, no. right, mm -hmm. right? And then likewise, the drowned god um, from the uh, the iron iron folk. Yeah. So that, uh, but we don't really ever see any definitive. Yeah. There. Although I, in the books, I, it's it's un, a little more unclear with the drowned god. I think because Vic, you know, there's the whole thing Victorian who's not in the show. And let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> People that should have been in the show. Yeah. All right. So uh, we, we've been going a while, and I, I think there's there's obviously so much to talk about with a show like this. And uh, so 
you know, with the caveat that I'm, you know, like everyone, like I don't think anyone's completely happy with the final season or anything, obviously. Um, but like, is there anything uh, that uh, anyone just feels like just have to get off your chest? Okay. Let's take it rationally. Brian comes up and accuses you of all sorts of things, and she said, "Well, we're just going to kill you. You're you're noble." Mm-hmm. It's like, holy crap! It, she just has to point to Brian and say, "I don't like that one." Mm-hmm. Say something that he did treason. See, Brian said, "You're bad. I'm going to execute you." That is an awful situation to be under. Those knights and nobles should have said, "What are you talking about? You mean whatever Brian says now is true?" We have no evidence. We can't refute anything. Oh, you mean Bran? Bran. Okay. His word against everybody. Well, bear in he mind. Had no evidence at all. It's basically, I don't like well, Littlefinger. We're going to kill him. Well, but bear in mind, a lot of the things they accused him of, he but, had been suspected of long before already. And it was only the vouch. Like, yeah, so. It's still a horrible present. If I was a well, noble, it's like, are you kidding me? He killed a noble. Yeah, he yeah. killed he killed Lysa Aaron without a second thought to hide his whole big right. plan. But people don't know that. that they do though. Nobody really knows that. We well, know it's going on. Okay, but and we're the viewers, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> but remember, they suspected him, and it was only Sansa testifying on his behalf that saved yep. him then. She saved him then and now is testifying that that wasn't true. So, to I mean, the lords, the lords of the veil. Everyone is entitled to, you know, like if it didn't feel right to you, like that's a legitimate feeling, of course. Um, you know, it's. But I, I think there is. He had made an enemy of everyone in the room already, so I think that they weren't worried about precedent. He was a, an aberration. Finally, we can kill him. I'm, I'm really curious about the conversation that arose when Sam Tarly went back to the Citadel and said. I'm back. <laughs> I got your books. Yeah. I brought them back. Yeah. By the way, the new king wants me to be his grand maester, so how about that chain, huh? <laughs> right? He, he walked up there like the biggest badass. Like, right? what? Yeah. Also, for that matter, they really never reconciled that he kind of just also decided to not be in the Night's Watch anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They really, they really yeah. never dealt with that. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. I don't care, but it, they didn't address yeah. it. <laughs> I didn't like the nuclear dragons. Uh-huh. Dragon's fire does not knock down three foot thick stone castle walls. Well, how about thousand hall. foot <laughs> you know, especially, ice walls? Especially built by Targaryens who knew what dragons could do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thousands of years yeah, ago. Yeah. Come on. Well, that's a, that is a much better point. To bring yeah, that's, 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 like that. that's valid. The other thing I was thinking during that penultimate episode was when the burning of the city was going on and on. I was like, how much fuel does he have? Yeah. It's concentrated. It's magic. Well, they have a Starbucks like in Winterfell, so they have a Chipotle. In <laughs> he's got the will, he's got the fire. He's a red ring, so as long as he's angry. Yeah. I keep in late, so I don't know if this question is going to come, but it's kind of a meta question. Like, because of the rush nature of season eight, mm. do you think this is going to induce George R. R. Martin to write the final two books? Is it going to more of a motivation? Did you hear? Okay. Did you hear? Sure. On his blog, yeah, he says that at Worldcon 2020, he will have Winds of Winter or New Zealand can arrest him. Yep. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I 
when I see it, when I have it in my hand. Look, look, that gets into 2020. We're going to shut up until 2020, and then we can complain. But that's the first time he's ever admitted it to is. a deadline. It so is. It's like, yeah. I don't know how to take that. So he's he's going to go forward. Okay. I, I honestly, you know, maybe everyone, maybe won't, no one will agree with me on this. I kind of want to give him permission to not write those books if he doesn't want it. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like George has given me, what, 20-something years of Aria? <laughs> so I owe him. He doesn't yeah. owe me. Right. Like, like if he feels like he's got the book, he wants to finish it for him, great. I will read it when it comes out. Yep. Well, he wants to fix what happened. Yeah. <laughs> he, he might he... want to get his, vi his, his vision out. I don't think he wants to fix it. I think he's probably reconcile himself to the fact that this is out there mm -hmm. okay but i think he wants to get his vision to us because he sees how many of us still want it but again uh, he's an artist he's not an employee mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. but i think people are going to be disappointed if he finally does finish them how not that different they're actually going to be. Yeah, because they well, had a lot of the endpoints. Yeah, the well, showrunners did. Yeah, how it died, how it died. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I, and I can change it, but yeah, I suspect that the very ending, as opposed to how they get there, mm -hmm. I suspect that the very ending is probably pretty much in line with what Martin told them. And so obviously there can be dramatic differences in terms of execution and just how you get to that point. But I, I just like, I feel like me as a writer, I'm not him, but uh, it, I, I would feel like the thunder's kind of gone out of it, you know? Yeah. But, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. He, yeah. he's, a, he's a big boy. He can decide if he wants to write the books or not. And just to be able to get the characters like inner monologues yes. as yes. they're going, the type well, of thing you get from a book that you don't get from a television yes. show, yeah. per yeah. se, is the ability to flesh that out. In the excerpts that he released from The Winds of Winter, there's more of Arya going around as a faceless assassin. And so that's not, that never was in the shows at all. So, I mean, I'll if read, read 10,000 pages of Arya going around on adventures. <laughs> if I can say before oh. Folks start okay. leaving. I've got ribbons for badges yeah, here and in the back. If anybody wants them, please okay. grab them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, we got 10 minutes still. Uh, go ahead. I just wanted to ask if anybody else felt that Cersei got off too lightly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't like the whole pregnancy plot line. I wish they just hadn't done that. But that's, you know, uh, it, yeah, I think there were some things that I would have done differently. It would have been great to see her get a scene like the um, like uh, the sister got with the mountain, like when she took the oh. one, uh, Elena, or not Elena, Anella, sister Anella, Unella, that the one that took her through the through the streets oh, yeah, of the yeah, yeah. like the ending that she got with the mountain. Like I think all of us kind of wanted to see a little pain for Cersei. Yeah. But I mean, she knew she was pregnant as she was dying and I feel like that's a pretty hard mm -hmm. knock to take, you know. Yeah. Although she did yeah. have her man well, hold her. you know, like... They came I, into this world together, they went out together. They did. Yeah, I, I, I honestly kind of like that. I, I do too. too. I do uh, too. Yeah. Um, so, on that note, uh, maybe this is a fun question too. Um, uh, what is something that lots of people didn't like that you do like. Oh. <laughs> oh, I have the, one. The, the torching the, the torching of the Red Keep. 
I, I called that two seat two years ago. I was like, when, you I mean all like, of King's Landing, the torching of all of, of King's Landing. Yeah. I was like, look, if she shows up and they don't just love her the way everybody else does, she's gonna torch that whole damn yeah. place. <laughs> if, if the slaves didn't revolt up and kick out their masters, and she had dragons, she would have torched that entire place. Mm-hmm. And I did not see that as any kind of stretch or shift in her character at all. No. That's who she's always been. Look at all the times she's walked out of fire. Yeah. <laughs> this is maybe pretty minor, but I feel like a lot of people on the internet were really mad that uh, Brienne and Tormund didn't get together, and mm-hmm. I never saw any like in-character reason mm-hmm. that happened. Thank you. The fact that yeah. I would have been mad. He wanted to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. She I agree. had no interest. She did at yeah, all. So. She was like violent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what I'll what I'll say is that I liked the idea of the ship, but obviously the way they wrote it, it wouldn't have ever made it yeah. work. But I called it that Jamie was going to fuck her over, so... <laughs> we all knew it. Anyway, anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I just thought uh, Vera's deserved a better end. Yeah. 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 So say we all. Seven years, and in the end, he's honest. Well, so, fair, but the question at the moment is, what did you like, even if other people didn't? Uh, I like the dark battle. Okay. Thank you. So suspenseful. I'm there. Yeah. You and me and Jim. I actually liked the last episode in, in general. Now I, I agree with like the rushing and stuff, and obviously that affected like the writing and the overall transitions, but I thought everyone ended up where they needed to be. And honestly, I actually getting crushed to death, if you I mean, and again it gets, leads to the like the us having to fill things in. Yeah. But I mean, what if she wasn't knocked unconscious immediately? Like, what if she had that, you know, suffocated to death? Kind of thing? Oh, yeah. I would have watched that could have been 40 minutes of her gasping for air. And just, I would have watched it. Damn, that was cold. I'm not sure how many people disliked it, but I like the fact that they sent John back to the Night's Watch, and he goes off with the wildlings. Yeah. Yeah. And ghosts. He finally pet ghosts. And ghosts. Now see, that scene, and this is not your question, but that scene, little things that are left out, that scene reminds me of watching White Walkers walking through the woods in the very first episode. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, part yeah. of my whole, this has all happened before, will all oh, happen yeah. again. Yeah. And I think this, this, that these people, this kingdom, these folk are destined to relive something very similar to this, but the show just never told us. Well, you know, the deleted scene yeah. about uh, uh, head Arya and head Cersei walking down a New York City sidewalk. Oh. Uh, sorry. That's, no. I think one of my favorite scenes that I don't that I heard a lot of complaints about was Arya going west. I thought that was perfect. I thought it was necessary, and I thought it was perfect. So, does anybody did anybody else hate that or love that or what? It was great, right? Yeah, but we don't have maps. Yeah. Well, but the other thing is, but I think in the show. It's yeah. not. They yeah, don't yeah, do that. Right. So yeah. it's this. It is in the book. And well, she, okay, and she's, but it's, that's a difference. We're not, yeah, we're, yeah. And, and, you know, she had been saying all along, that's not me, and that's not me, and she found mm-hmm. what was her. Yeah. 
I, you know, so, you know, we discussed this in our last podcast episode. I was just interested, and not in a, like a negative critical way, but I thought it was interesting that there were two ways to read that that were very thematically, like each works with her theme, but they're very different from each other. One is she is finding a life for herself that's adventurous and exploration, and she's going off to do things and important things and be someone in the world. But there's also the classic like Tolkien going into the West, like Frodo and Galadriel mm, and everything, yeah. which is a very different vibe. And you could yeah. sort of imagine either of them work, but they kind of don't pick one, and it's a little interesting, I think, That's in that regard. Three book series. <laughs> <laughs> so similar on that, on that note, it's actually a question for you guys. I saw um, an article about the Unsullied going back to... Uh, S.S. Uh, yeah, Darth. Um and that actually being a dead or the Summer Islands, yeah. Um, yeah, the Summer Islands. And it being actually a death sentence because any from in the book you know that anyone not from that island dies of some virus that yeah. they're immune to. Oh wow. Butterflies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the butterflies. I, I think you know, it's it's interesting to think about. I think though that there is it. It is where we still have to take the show as the show, right. because if they haven't established that in the show, just because it's like that in the books, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. if, right. yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about everything for Ariel, because she's like, oh, I'm going to go have one of the assassins come up and kill her, because she left the cult, right? <laughs> now, they have to enforce discipline with it. She should have been yeah. killed. Don't make me come over this table again. <laughs> <laughs> No rules. No offense intended. I heard a crackpot theory that handsome McBlondie face who led the Golden Company. It's like, why bother casting an actor in that role at all? He did nothing. Mm-hmm. But I heard people theorize it's like, what if it's actually Jack and the Car? As the final season kept going, I had to admit it wasn't going to happen. But I kept waiting for Arya to take off her face and not be Arya because I was like, yeah. she died on that damn bridge. Well, and there, I did read a lot of, of speculation that it was the waif. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. wearing Arya's face. And I kept waiting. I'm so glad it wasn't. Yeah, um, but she very so, specifically fulfilled what Arya wanted to do. Yeah. So yeah, ob- which is weird. Obviously, we could keep going on and for like on hours and hours for quite a while. Because what was the are... damn baby? That damn baby. Oh, the night, the night king baby. So, you get nothing. You get no oh, fulfillment. No, no, no. They, they, they found a sitter. Uh, now, that sitter is, you know, in kind of a tight spot now. But, uh, but we are actually, we are at 8.55. Oh, so, briefly, just before we finish up, um, we, we can have everyone just sort of... You, like your stuff, what you Yeah, well, we're from Geek Radio Daily, and we have a podcast tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's not that early. It's really not. And we'll have prizes and games Woo! and fun, and you should come. And it's, and it's here, fun. in this room. In this room. So I have the Beyond the Wall podcast. You can find it at specficmedia.com. And then I also am lucky enough to play this fantastic D&D game, which happens to be DM'd by Christiana herself. Woo-hoo! It is a fun and fantastic ride, and it's so many levels, and you can find it at... Yeah, so uh, it, it posts uh, at christianaellis.com, but just search so many levels, and that's, and that's where right. it is. Uh, 
I'm on a bunch of panels and stuff tomorrow, but the big thing I want to plug is that I have a reading at noon, yes. and then a launch party at 5 p.m. for Phyllis Esposito, Interdimensional Private Eye, my new book. Woo! Uh, Yay! On Amazon now. You can go get it right now. Yes. Go get it. Like, right, right this second. You don't even have to get it. Amazon and everything. Yeah. Six o'clock, not in this room. If you have feedback for the Beyond the Wall podcast, you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a comment on the website. Go to specficmedia.com where you'll find a shiny BTW button that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0, Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.